Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello, and welcome to the world's greatest Doom Patrol-related podcast, Waiting for Doom, where we talk long and lovingly each episode about our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol. Hi, I'm Paul, reading underscore Hicks, H-I-X, on Twitter. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show via the Gmail account, we have Waiting for Doom at Gmail. That's for emails at Gmail. Um, we're also on Facebook under Waiting for Doom. And if you go to mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com, you'll get a page on the internet that's all about the Doom Patrol, and that's run by our friend Doug, who does posts that support the show. Hello, Doug. And all of our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitch Radio, and podbean.com. And some. Hooray! <laughs> yes. Hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarve. You can also find on Twitter our sentient show account, Wilfred, who is at WFDPod. And as always, we are proudly brought to you by Comicosity.com. Yeah, Comicosity is a fantastic site for news and information about comics and nothing but comics. And uh, it's really off the beaten path. It's not doing the things that a lot of the, the other sites are doing with uh, movies and TV. But just really, uh, you know, some well-researched uh, articles, some really great, strong opinions. It's uh, very uh, alternate lifestyle friendly you know yep <laughs> yep um yep. supports diversity in all ways it's the opposite of comics gate <laughs> yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah but we we love it because yes. of that so yes. awesome site <laughs> so check it out yes anyway paul my friend how have you been this past week Oh, I've had a lovely week in comics. So, um, I have been reading, I've been reading some image books. So, oh, yeah, getting my image on. So, uh, there's, uh, one series that I, I mainlined the last, uh, the first five issues of. It's called Skyward. You heard, okay. Have you heard of this one? I have not. Ah, it's written by Joe Henderson, who, um, I think he's the showrunner for Lucifer, but he's done a really cool comic, which is basically, uh, at some point, Gravity just stopped working. So, oh, yeah. So all across the world, you know, everything floated away. All the cows are gone. Um, all the cars are gone. Everyone who was inside was fine. Um, and then it jumps. And yeah, there's a a, a little girl. Um, she's a baby, and her dad's inside. And the mum floats away, and the dad freaks out. And then it jumps ahead when she's a teenager, and she's uh, living and working in this world where there's no gravity. And it's um spectacular it's just um a wow. fantastic comic with amazing ad- imagination um and basically we see the world through her eyes and it's all she's known so you know and there's a character who's um an amputee and he you know he's adapted to this world fantastically so you know as long as you have some sort of propulsion to stop you from floating off into the sky you're, mm-hmm. you're fine <laughs> but uh yeah but uh her, her dad thinks he's devised a way to fix gravity up again but of course um there's big business <laughs> particularly one guy right. who you know the world has adapted he has made lots of money because there's no gravity and the last thing he wants is for gravity to be um, reinstated so of course yeah of course. so it's a bit of a thriller um <laughs> it's got a great sense of humor really great imagination like uh there's uh, one of the latest issues i read had what happens in a, in this world when there's a, a storm how does that work? Oh. Yeah. It's basically a great big scary ball of water that floats through the sky and you can drown in if you're not careful. 
What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but um, art by Lee Garbutt, and it just—it's a fantastic comic. Um, colours by Antonio Fabella, uh, lettered by Simon Boland, and edited by Rich Lopez Jr. So, um, yeah, I recommend it. There should be a trade out soon because they've—I think they're five issues in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What else have I been reading? Um, oh, Crowded. Have you read Crowded? Like, I have not yet. I I need to get caught up on that. Uh, I feel really bad that I haven't yet because I've heard nothing but good stuff and I like what I've seen. Yeah, so it's a future where you know it's the gig economy where everyone you know does things off their apps and makes money off their apps. And um, yes, one of the uh, there's a woman who's very good at using the gig economy to make a living, and she discovers that she is the subject of a hit, well, which is um, done through crowdfunding. So <laughs> everyone is of course to have her killed, and of course she has to get on to um, find a bodyguard through the uh, Defender app <laughs> and she finds the only bodyguard that she can afford with the lowest rating and that you know so um, yeah she's being protected by this other girl and it's hilarious and good fun it's got a little bit of a twist at the end of the first issue the second issue is about mm-hmm. to come out and I can't wait to read that one so yeah I think that's all I'll plug for now but yeah it's there's some really good indie comics coming out from Image at the moment so it's, it's yeah. good to see yeah, good stuff. Um, I've uh, I've done a little bit of reading. I'm still maybe a month or two behind the rest of you regular readers out there. I did read recently uh, issue 14 of Animosity. That's like the story about you know present day world where one day all the animals in the world are just suddenly able to talk and converse Ooh. with mankind, and it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> There's some really graphic scenes when the animals first start talking. They just basically get revenge on humans. Um, yeah, and then there's... Yeah, I won't spoil anymore. It's it's really interesting. Uh, written by Marguerite Bennett, that one. Uh, with Raphael Delator on the art. Issue 53 of Saga. Uh, issue 5 of The Terrifics. I'm loving The Terrifics. They're so much fun. Doc Shaner and Jeff Lemire. It's just an awesome little team book from DC. Oh. I've got the trade ordered, so uh, Ooh, okay. I will be ready eventually. Okay. Um, I finally got up to um, Detective Comics 983, where it has uh, Black Lightning teaming up with Batman. Ah, cool. And it's it's kind of like going to be the kickoff for the uh, Inevitable Outsiders title that will be coming out, I think, in October. I think Ooh, I read. Uh, written by Brian Hill, who's written this story arc. And I finally read um, Justice League No Justice. Um yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing yeah. that happened in space. <laughs> oh, no, I, um, I must admit I didn't like the ending and I didn't like what they did to a certain green character. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm I'm slowly but surely getting caught up. But um, yeah, yeah caught- I did not like. I did not like what they did with Gumby. <laughs> yeah, fair, you know, surprise appearance. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I think comics are in a really good spot at the moment. I think there's lots of interesting stuff out there, and you know, follow your bliss. You know, find something you enjoy reading and run with that. I'm sure we've said similar before Yay. in previous episodes, but you know, why? waste your time and money putting a knife through a comic or anything, you know? <laughs> Even if it's a quote-unquote joke. Yes. 
Anyway, shall we mm. move on and have a look uh, at what's going on with the News Patrol, Paul? Yes, let's. Okay, let's start with uh, comic news, Doom Patrol comic news. So um, we've heard that the uh, Young Animal line is basically all winding up except for one particular book, and that particular <laughs> book is Doom Patrol. Hooray! Hey! Yes, so um, Jared Way said to Comics Beat this week, he said, it's also important to me that we get the Doom Patrol schedule back on track. We'll be taking a few months break so we can get caught up. Ooh. So, ooh, so that's a few months on top of the few months they've already taken <laughs> and the month before that and a couple of months before that and yeah yeah, yeah no so yeah let's let's call a spade a spade the uh schedule is a schmozzle yeah <laughs> it is a utter disgrace so um i applaud the effort to uh get that back on track but i remain skeptical of the, the ability to do so given the track record of getting the schedule on track for doom that is a very fair and reserved call yeah. Um, but then he contradicted what I said earlier by saying, this is not the end of Young Animal. Uh, we'll have more news to share when we come back with Doom Patrol. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of these amazing series. And he's talking about the, the series that are wrapping up. So, you know, right. ca- Cave Cast and Interstellar Eye and uh, Shade the Changing Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, Mother Panic. Mother Panic Gotham AD. Gotham AD. Yes. Yeah. So, hmm. So, yeah, that's that's good news. But I think uh, Nick Tarrington is gone. We know that Dan McDade is drawing the next issue, so issue yes. 12. He's been leaking out, and I believe it's been coloured, so, you know, very nearly here. So we will have that in our hot hands next month. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, there's the Scooby-Doo team-up comic, which is coming with the Doom Patrol, yes. which is also coming next month. And I believe that is a digital first series, so we should be able to get that one online earlier than the comic coming out in the shop. So Excellent. Yeah. Yes, I'm templing my fingers over that and going, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was it for Doom Patrol news. No, no, I'm lying. Um, we've had a little bit of TV news. No, no big deals, but... Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what we uh, have to look forward to is um, Alan Tudyk has, or Tudyk, has been cast in uh, Doom Patrol as Mr. Nobody. Mr. Mm-hmm. Nobody. So he's the, val- uh, the villain. He is, um, he's from Firefly, of course, and yep. he, was, he was the pirate in Dodgeball. <laughs> That's what my wife knows him as. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, uh, but he's done a lot of voices, so he's big in animation and stuff. So, um, yeah, he should be a very fun Mr. Nobody. And for those of you who don't know who Mr. Nobody is, he is a sort of a reality-bending villain uh, with no regard for, you know, the rules of uh, physics and nature and everything. And so, no, not yes. at all. Ah. Yeah, and he has led the Brotherhood of... Well, it, originally there was the Brotherhood of Evil. When he took over, it became the Brotherhood of Dada, and then it became the Brotherhood of Nada. So, um, mm. yes. So he will, um, you know, just as likely turn you into a toilet as um, <laughs> sing a song with you. <laughs> That that uh, that's a very good summary. Yes, yes. Yeah. He, Mr. Nobody is all about the chaos and nothing but. Yes. Yeah, he's a bit like a, a Bugs Bunny, <laughs> the way he treats reality. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it was a slightly meaner streak and a slightly more bizarre streak. But yes, yes. Yeah, but I'm a bit surprised they're going straight for that villain. That's, I mean, to me, that would have been a good season two villain after you know dealing with some more mundane, traditional evil in the the first series. But uh, Mm. yeah, no, they're going straight for that one. So hopefully they'll bring along you know some classic uh, Brotherhood of uh, Dada villains like uh, the Quiz and. the the fr- and frenzy and you know so ones like that that would be excellent if they you know just uh, these are bizarre characters that no one will have ever seen anything yes. like on TV before and we might finally get uh, an explanation as to how to actually pronounce Agent <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> who has the element of surprise yeah. Mm. Yeah. Other Doom Patrol news, some, there's some wonderful photos have been leaked online. It's being filmed in Georgia, Atlanta, and lots of people are saying, oh, it's filming across the road from my um, business and my house and things like that. But we have seen a picture of uh, Robot Man. Um, yes. And he looks very, well, I would say very late volume two, industrial, heavy metal. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but sort of dressed like the young animal version. So uh, leather jacket, shoulder pads. Um, the guy who's doing the body of Robot Man is a very tall bloke from the look of him. And, uh, yeah, quite impressive. Yes. Um, yeah, and, of course, uh, Brendan Fraser doing the voice. So. Yeah, <laughs> and we also had a really good look at Negative Man, and he looks, you know, straight out of the young animal series doesn't he yeah yeah it's 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 brilliant the the costuming they've done so far that we've seen so far so yeah, yeah. so the wool lined bomber jacket he's got the 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 jodhpurs and the you know tight belt and you know really good bandages over the face with a uh, sunglasses so yeah and uh i feel sorry for that bloke filming in georgia at this time of year <laughs> <laughs> yeah stay hydrated dude stay hydrated <laughs> Um, we've also seen pictures of Crazy Jane and Rita online. So uh, Jane, yeah, dresses a bit alternate. Uh, looks yeah. pretty cool. Uh, slightly messy hair, but I mean, these mm-hmm. are the shots of people walking towards the set. So it's you know, yeah. it's hard to take much away. And what was the other? Was there any other news, Mike? Oh, yeah. um, I, they finally resolved one big casting question that a bunch of us had. Ah, a, a, yes. about the chief. Yeah, so the chief has been cast. It is not Kelsey Grammer, as speculated, but it's not Bruno Bercher, who's doing the chief in the Titan series, which is the lead-up and where the Doom Patrol is spinning out of. It's actually going to be Timothy Dalton. (gasps) (laughs) That's just... Yeah, I, I am still flabbergasted that uh, Timothy Dalton will be playing the Chief. I just think it's the sort of casting where nobody thought of it or expected it, but the minute they hear it, they go, Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That will actually work. Yeah. Yes. Um, he was brilliant in Penny Dreadful as, I think he's, he was um, Dr. Malcolm. He was like the lead guy that recruited the rest of the, the team together in, in that, and oh, I was so good in that. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant stuff. I can't get over it. Yeah, and I mean, it's great because they've they chosen a fairly senior-aged actor. So uh, what is he? He's about 70, 73 or something, 72? That's more than I expected, but let's say yes. 1946. Yes. So, yeah, that's in his... Wow, yeah, okay. Late 70s. So senior, but he has the gravitas and, um, you know, the acting chops. I mean... 
Yeah, my favourite Timothy Dalton role is the bad guy in The Rocketeer. So there you go. <laughs> I, I still like him as the um, the supermarket owner in um, Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, and but most people know him as James Bond. So yeah, yeah. yeah but he was in Flash Gordon as well. But you know, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that is fantastic news. Well done. And, you know, I don't know if there's too much left to cast. They were talking about Alexandra Daddario was auditioning for a role in Doom Patrol. Now, um, I was unfamiliar with her till I recently saw her in a film called Baywatch, the, <laughs> the rock remake. Um, right. Yeah. Right. How, how was that film, just out of curiosity? Um. Can I be honest? Sure. Of course you can. Yeah. It's our show. The first 15 minutes are hilarious. Right. And then it's crap after that. But um, <laughs> it does have some funny characters, and it, it is fairly absurd. And uh, Right. You know, okay. There are a few um, mocking Easter eggs if you like or used to watch Baywatch. So, okay. Yeah. But um, she was one of the bright bright things about it, one of the best things about it. She's... um. Yeah, she's. Uh, I don't know who she's going to play. So if she if she got the role, you know, all we've heard is that she auditioned. So, um, but maybe uh, she'll be um, Nudge. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> maybe she'll be Dorothy. Uh, no, no, I don't think she will. <laughs> she's attractive. Um, I where I would see this going, and per- this is what excites me, is maybe she'll be one of Mr. Nobody's entourage. Maybe, yep. Or she yep. could be Madame Rouge. I don't know. Mm, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. Or she could just be um, a doc. Gargawax. She could be someone in the background. She could be Gargawax, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she could be animal, she could be one of... vegetable, mineral man. <laughs> she could be one of Gargawax's warrior women. From uh, the invasion storyline, maybe yeah, maybe I think maybe we're reaching a little bit now. <laughs> Perhaps we are. <laughs> anyway, if you're curious to check her out, um, you can check out Baywatch. So, at least fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah, you'll probably keep. You'll keep watching. You'll go. Oh, this is. I mean, I'm in now. Yeah. I say that about most of the rock movies. <laughs> anyway, is that ticking that I hear over there behind you, Paul? I do believe it could be ticking, Mike. Guess what it is? It's the Doom Clock. Oh, so yes, as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it's been a mere 22 weeks since the last new Doom Patrol book was in our hot hands, that being issue 11 of Volume 6 that led into Milk Wars, which we discussed back in episode 122. As is now common knowledge, issue 12 is, at this stage, scheduled for release on October 31st, 2018. At this stage. At this stage. Seven weeks away, gang. Mm. At this stage. At this stage. Uh, but this week in Doom Patrol history, with thanks to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, going on sale September 14th of 2016, Paul, with a cover date of November of that year, for US $3.99 was issue one of Doom Patrol Volume 6. Gerard Way, Nick Derrington, Todd Klein, Tamara Bonvillain, Shelley Bond, Bob Harris, and Molly Mahan. 
Titled Happy Birthday Casey Brink, this first part of the Brick by Brick arc introduces us to the speedy ambulance driver Casey, uh, some universes in Euros, the Vectra and hit and run accident involving a certain robotic man. Take a drink. Uh, we gleefully covered this first issue of the Wade Errington era way back in episode 71 from September of 2016, so you can check that out for more details and excited noises from Paul and myself. And that's it for the Doom Clock this week. Hey, Mike. Shaq, what? What are you doing in my house? I I had a key made, but that's not important. Anyway, I just had a great idea for a trailer for that cute little network you do. The the Fortress of Bailey Toot Podcasting Network. Yeah, that's the one. It's adorable. I love it. I mean, look at you, like with the network and stuff. Thanks. I. I think. Anyway, you know how people sometimes advertise something by, like, being extreme and suggesting that you just might die if you don't buy, like, a particular product or something? Yeah, I, I believe those people are called sadists. Sadists? That's one way you could say it. Or guy with a marketing degree. Kind of the same thing. Anyway, we could record a promo where I ask you something like, Mike, do you know who didn't listen to the Fortress of Bailey 2 Podcasting Network? Who? Gwen Stacy. Really? You know who else didn't listen to it? Who? Thomas and Martha Wayne. The Waynes. And Uncle Ben. Not the rice. Uncle Ben. And the entire planet of Krypton, except those that survived. What about Bucky or Jason Todd? Ooh, that's genius. Okay, we'll say they didn't listen, and then Superboy Prime punched a wall, and then they listened, and they were brought back to life. I guess we could also say that Aunt May subscribes and unsubscribes all the time. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now you're catching on. I'm not doing that, Shag. I'm not going to suggest that people will die if they don't listen to the Fortress of Bailey-Tude podcasting network, which hosts such shows as From Crisis to Crisis, Overlook Dark Knight, Views from the Long Box, It All Comes Back to Superman, and Bailey's Batman Podcast, and that they can find the network at www.fortressofbailey2.com. Are you sure? I mean, I do have, like, a marketing degree and stuff. I'm, I'm pretty smart. No. Can I at least be in the trailer? Yes. The Fortress of Bailey Tude Podcasting Network. The repository of podcasts produced and hosted or co-hosted by Michael Bailey. Head on over to www.fortressofbailey2.com to download the shows directly. You can also find a master feed of all shows by searching for Fortress of Bailey Tude Podcasting Network on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, or you can subscribe to the shows individually. The Fortress of Bailey Tude Podcasting Network does not suggest that not listening to any of these shows will prove fatal, nor does it endorse surreptitiously making a key to a friend's house for the purposes of busting in and suggesting ideas for podcast trailers. Music in this trailer by Kevin McLeod. And now it's part of the show that we call Doomsplaining, where we go into detail about two Doom Patrol issues. This week, we are returning to the John Byrne era. Um, volume 4, 
of the Doom Patrol, and Paul is going to kick us off with Doom Patrol issue number 13. All right, Doom Patrol number 13. It uh, had a cover date of August 2005. It came out in June on the 22nd uh, in 2005. It has cover price of 250 fairly pricey for this. Um, and it is written and penciled by John Byrne. It's inked by Terry Austin, lettered by Jared K. Fletcher, and coloured by Alex Blayart, and all edited by Mike Carlin. Yeah, sure it was. Um... <laughs> And the cover... Mm -hmm. Let's come back to the cover. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's. Let's. (laughs) All right. So, um, previously in the Doom Patrol, Niles Calder, a.k.a. the Chief, was attacked by a bone-snapping shaman who is still pissed that years ago Niles was popular for bringing Western medicine to a tribe somewhere. It all feels vaguely racist. Uh, The shaman was killed by a Confederate ghost who hangs around the jail the team uses their headquarters. The the ghost seems to like revealing himself to Nudge, uh, the underage team member, a.k.a. Misan. Ooh. Um... With that tone set, let's hope things don't get ooier as we dive into this book. So, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, as you were. (laughs) Poker face, Mike. Um, John Byrne spends five pages explaining how Elihu, the Confederate ghost, came to kill the shaman. Uh, To cut a non-story short, Nudge bumped into the ghost and he followed her to where Niles was being attacked and stabbed the shaman with his bayonet, which we saw at the end of the last comic but now we know in detail all the ins and outs of that, which of which there were none. Um, so with uh, the shaman dead and the body, his body faded away conveniently, uh, Niles is rushed to his lab where his robots patch up his body. Uh, it's no biggie having all your bones broken, apparently. Uh, he then asks Elihu how he came to be here. Uh, Elihu was killed on this site years ago during the Civil War, and they then haunted the place. Uh, this takes two pages to tell us that. So, you know, lots of uh, economy of storytelling in this one. Uh, Rita theorises that if they find Elihu's body, he can be free to go to eternal rest. Uh, Rita is in big and ready to unearth his body, but Elihu tells her that he wants to hang around so he can creep on me son some more. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> yes, Niles is now ready to discuss the subplot that was brewing in the previous issue. So we saw a, a, a rat in a cage doing something. Um, apparently that was um, time travel. So <laughs> it wasn't really clear at the time. Uh, but he's basically invented mental time travel that allows someone to go back in time into their body's history and take over the body at some time in the past. So it's like Quantum Leap um, and... You know, and he hangs a lantern on that by having the chief understand the reference to quantum leap when Vortex makes it. So, well done, John Byrne. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's built this, but everyone agrees that it would be a really bad idea to do it because it could cause all sorts of time travel problems and paradoxes and everything. So let's all forget about it and go to bed. And I guess that's why we see a panel of Cliff just thinking at the end of this conversation. Right. Anyway, right. Uh, yeah, so, but everyone goes to bed, then... Suddenly the caption says 13 years earlier and we see that Cliff in his robot body is waking up in a bed. Oh. Uh, yeah, and he's in Speedway City, which is presumably a place where car racing takes place, perhaps. Um, and it's the evening before a great car race that uh, Cliff Steele is going to be involved in. Uh, oh. He looks in the mirror and he sees his human body in the mirror. <gasps> <laughs> so... This is before the crash that led Cliff to become Robot Man, but the way he sees himself is as Robot Man, which is very confusing and convenient, considering he's walking around the place naked. Um, right. Yeah. 
But could it be? We wouldn't. He wouldn't use the mental time machine. Everyone said that would be a bad idea. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As he wanders around his apartment 13 years ago, he bumps into Julia, his old girlfriend. Uh, she asks him if clothing is optional, and he realises, although he can see his robot body when he looks down, she sees him as naked, and uh, he sees that in the mirror. You would thought he would have seen that before when he looked in the mirror. Anyway, she leads him back to bed so they can have uh, robot sex. Yeah. <laughs> Right, look, you know what, I'm just going to say, I'm so glad that you got this issue because you're doing a much better job of it than I would have. <laughs> I I feel like you planned this years ago, so I would end up with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I actually recreated the mental time travel device. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, anyway, sorry, as, continue, continue. You're doing All right, a wonderful so, job. Well, well, uh, back in the present day, everyone realises what Cliff has done. He's done the unthinkable and used this time machine to go back in time t- to change the past. What? Who Whoa. saw that coming? Whoa. Yeah, I've just invented this time machine. It's too dangerous to use. I'll just leave it in the lab here. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> Rita agrees go to go back in time using the mental time machine to her old body and to stop Cliff from buggering up the present timeline. So uh, Rita wakes up in her childhood bed. She's dressed as Rita in the present day. That's how we see her in the comic. Uh, She heads to the garage, steals her dad's motorbike, and goes zooming off. And two police officers notice her speeding away and go, ooh, okay. Um, Anyway, Cliff is up and dressed after a night of hot robot routing with Julia. Um, He rings his racing manager and tells him he's not going to drive, not today, maybe not ever. Um, but the doorbell rings and he's stunned to see Rita there. So he's in his robot oh. body, she's in her Rita outfit in the present day and she tells him how he mustn't change the past because that will change who she is today. She explains that she was at the speedway when he crashed and saw his horrific injuries and she hung around the back of the hospital till she saw Niles take his body away and then she studied science and shit for seven years so she could get a job <laughs> <laughs> with Niles. <laughs> also, she could be close to this race car driver that she had the hots for uh, <laughs> even though he's now a brain in a, ro- a robot body and she she admits that she's had a crush on him but now it's grown into lover over all this time um, and so this was she had a crush on him when she was eight and mm-hmm. he was a grown man mm-hmm. anyway um, she turns Cliff around and kisses him passionately at this point Julia walks in and sees her boyfriend in a passionate embrace with an eight year old girl in pyjamas and then the police arrive womp womp you're doing a brilliant job well done oh, thank keep, you. keep going keep going Almost there. Um, at the police station, Rita tries to explain what's happened to her parents, but the, really there is no good explanation for this. Uh, Cliff is in the lockup, and he sees on the guards' TV that his manager has substituted another driver in his car. Uh, the car approaches the third turn, which he remembers was where the crash happened, and Cliff suddenly falls to the floor, which suddenly turns into a beach where... It pulls back, and it's from the Doom Patrol history from other comics that are much better than this. And we see that there's the traditional version of Rita and Larry and the Chief, and they're on the beach where they got blown up by General Zal, and General Zal is there and um, in his submarine, and he's about to blow them up. What's going on? <sighs> you did so well with that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, do you want to dis- discuss the uh, the cover? Yeah, well, the cover is uh, Rita um, kiss- kissing Robot Man passionately and, you know, mm. throwing herself on him, yep. literally. And uh, it says, uh, Doomed Romance. Yep. Yes. 
Um, mm. Yes, and I, well, I hate almost everything about this comic. <laughs> yeah. As I said, I am so glad that you got this one, um, <laughs> because, oh my god, it's so... Yeah, it, um, any comic that um, can take one of its most beloved characters and heroes, that being Cliff Steele, Robot Man, and pretty much, you know, uh, make him out to be, um, how can I put... A molesterer? Yes, there we go. There we <laughs> Thank you for diving in with that. Yes, um, you know, that kind of taints his reputation and his legacy and his character with that sort of thing, um, yeah, is not great. And just as I was flicking through the the issue as you were talking about it, I realised that even Byrne's own logic doesn't hold up in this, because... Why is it that Robot Man needs to dress in clothes in so that he's not naked, but Rita turns up at his door wearing her normal uniform? Would she not be wearing pyjamas of some sort? Otherwise, wouldn't the eight-year-old be naked as well? I uh, don't, 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 I don't, don't bother. Yeah, don't. I, I'm getting a migraine. Just, <laughs> But yeah, and then all the stuff with Elihu, a character that, doesn't really add anything um, other than what a potential undead boyfriend for me, son. Like, yeah. Really? You know? Yeah. Oh, God, it's... um, Yeah. Well, I mean, you are writing the Doom Troll. You have, you, you have unlimited whatever you can think of to write about, and this is what you think of. Yep. Let's, you know, like, is... I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. It's so problematic, and it's so... Utterly unnecessary. I mean, he's not playing with anything that came from the past. He uh, is completely undermining Rita's agency and that, you know, her entire motivation for anything to do with the Doom Patrol was just because she was in love with, you know, had a crush on Cliff Steele, the race car driver. and Bingo. Yeah, and wanted to join the team so she could be close to, you know, the guy she lusted after from a distance as a child. <laughs> and, yep. you know, and that's, you know, that's her whole reason for being there. And it's just, it just craps all over her character i mean you know rita you know in the 60s rita was a stronger character with you know she was an athlete an athlete a a swimmer a a movie star you know she had all these you know she kicked ass and now it's like well yeah i'm studying science because i'm in love and i'm doing it all for a man it's like really yeah it's like oh my god come on yeah Yeah. It's, and it, it's it's awful. <laughs> it's so awful. And you know, on top of this, yeah, as you said, you got the Elihu stuff, and it's just like you know, he's uh, you know, he's a ghost and he's dead, but he's still a grown man, and he's he's got the hots for me, son. And she, well, mm. how she's meant to be what fourteen or fifteen or something, something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and ooh, why, why? I don't understand. <laughs> and and then like after all the Elihu stuff, um, you know, it's like. The, the next page, it's like three weeks later. It's like, really? You're just going to jump ahead? Three, is that so you've got a gap open for more flashbacks that we need <laughs> later on? What? What? Uh, I, I will say, John Burns' art in this is good. You know, I, I do like the art, but the story overall, no, it's just... Uh, yeah. It's it's a mess. Um, it's like... Uh, 
Yeah, it's. I think I think this is like the worst storyline in this volume of um of a fairly unpopular volume of Doom Patrol. Let's yeah. be honest. And I hate yeah. saying that about anyone's work um, or anything to do with the Doom Patrol, but um, I'd rather be honest in my feelings with this comic rather than just candy coat it because it just as you said it craps on readers legacy it definitely craps on cliff's legacy and their history um and their relation it's just it's so out of nowhere and there's been like no hints of it if there were had been hints placed along the way it would kind of be believable but to have it thrown in in front of you all in one issue is it's just i just don't buy it at all it just doesn't work and Uh, the presence of uh, Cliff's old girlfriend, it just seems to be there so Cliff can have the weird, oh, I'm going to have sex with her, but I'm seeing a robot body. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. the, uh, you know, like anyone could walk in on him and Rita and go, what the hell? <laughs> but yeah. that's that's in there on top of that. I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. But, I mean, I will blow your mind now. I, the last page where we go, ooh, because, I mean, it's the classic Doom Patrol, and it looked yeah. like um, John Byrne was finally going to acknowledge the continuity that he'd been ignoring uh, in some way. And I, I got excited for a minute uh, until I read the next issue, which, <laughs> is that a good chance for you to start talking about that one? Oh, please let me dive in. So <laughs> He said begrudgingly, yes, issue 14 of volume 4, uh, cover dated September of 2005, but actually went on sale July 27th of that year, again for $2.50. Yeesh. Uh, written and penciled by John Byrne, Terry Austin on the inks, Jared K. Fletcher did the letters, and Alex Blayart did the colours, and Mike Carlin allegedly edited this thing. And the cover of it uh, has uh, it's t- has the title Shards of Yesterday, and it has Robot Man standing in front of three cracked mirrors, and in each of those are different versions of Robot Man. Which, much like the preceding issue, kind of gives away the entire storyline on the cover. Mm. So, um, you, you have all been warned, but, because I love you all, I will go into it in much more detail. Much, much more detail. So, issue 14, titled Ripples. And it opens with negative man Larry Trainer making a video call to the Boucher family to check in on how the reunion between the four-armed gorilla named Grunt and his parents is going. And apparently everything is fine, until suddenly an alarm sounds in DPHQ. The, the negative being, now able to act independently of Larry, bursts forth from his Barry. host body and flies off to join <laughs> the rest of the patrol racing to investigate Barry the lab Blaine. alarm, yeah. just as we saw partway through the preceding <laughs> issue. Mm. Flashback, flashback count for this issue so far is one. one. Uh, another quick flashback to recall what happened to him in the previous issue uh, has Robot Man being surprised to find himself on a beach with a different version of the Patrol, although long-time readers and fans of the Patrol will recognise them as the original 1960s version of the team in their final face-off against General Zal, to which Cliff replies, Who the heck is Zal? Flashback count two. Um, just as in the original final issue of Volume 1, Robot Man is immobilised by a magnetic blast, Rita is trapped under a giant weighted net, and Negative Man has been sprayed with radioactive sand, trapping the negative being within him. Zal makes his famous ultimatum, threatening to either blow up the island the patrol now stand on, or a fishing village of 14 people. 
And as the patrol prepared to make their final stand, their noble sacrifice, Cliff asks if he's hearing things properly and if the rest of the team took their stupid pills that morning. Uh-oh. Uh, Cliff yells at Rita to shrink down to escape from the net, which she does, thereby allowing her to sneak beneath Azal's submarine, embiggen herself, and upend it, saving both the team and the village. Hooray! Robot Man finds himself able to move again, and as he rises, he realises he's now in a war-torn battle zone, with a negative being soaring past him, and a giant Rita in a skimpy leather outfit. Right. I saw you tweeted a picture of that earlier today, Paul. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, gave, it gave me pause. <laughs> yes, yes, it gave us all pause. Uh, they urge Cliff to join them in taking on the Chief, who is now a giant war robot suit with his face on a giant monitor in the chest of the robot. As Cliff tries to make sense of what's going on, much like us reading this, the Green Lantern arrives, sending an emerald harpoon through Negman and telling the patrol they brought this on themselves when they declared war on the whole human race. Uh, Cliff catches a glimpse of his reflection and seems he too is some sort of battle bot now, and as he tries to explain what's happened to Green Lantern, it's all for naught as he's taken out by a giant green hammer. Right. But thankfully, Cliff comes too, in a new setting, face-to-face with a gorilla. Oh, a gorilla that knocks him flying backwards, revealing itself to be Monsieur Mala, currently battling the Justice League, which is comprised of teenagers in this reality. Mm. Right. The brain rolls out in a heavily armed contraption, but is followed by another Larry and Rita, who soon take care of the villainous duo. Arriving late to the party is Batman, but again, slightly different Batman, and his new partner, Batgirl. Right. Mm. The heroes of this setting seem surprised that Cliff seems surprised that it's not the original Batman, hinting that Bruce Wayne has either moved on from being the Dark Knight or has moved on from this land of the living. Lucky him. The heroes head back to the Batcave to try and repair what they believe is gorilla-induced damage to Cliff's head, but thankfully Robot Man has filled them in on the trip there, and the Chief is now dialed in via video link to share his expertise on the device another version of him created. Right. Mm. Yeah. As they start planning how to correct these time ripples Cliff has caused, Alternarita wonders what is happening in his original timeline. And, oh look, we've jumped back to our own world in the present, where things are not going well. The sky has gone green as timelines overlap, and Rita's mind is adrift in these timelines. However, the Chief has been able to create a link between her and Cliff's brain, and it's just a matter of her catching up to him. Right. Mm. Uh. So we see Rita swiftly moving from one strange landscape to another before she finally stops moving through dimensions to land on a busy city street, where a quick glance at a newspaper informs her that it's March 12th of 1965. Right. Thankfully, Superman turns up to help her, taking her to meet the other Rita from this dimension and the other alternate heroes and the other original Batman who somehow turned up to... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the alternate chief tells the assembled heroes how to wire up the gizmo they'll need to align both Cliff and Rita's brain patterns in order for them to return to their own timeline. He does have a dire warning for them, though. Manipulating the interface is the only hope of discovering whether we are indeed in an alternate timeline or merely a product of Cliff Steele's mind. (gasps) Mm. No, no gasp. No? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... I I mean... 
it's obvious that John Byrne is trying to get this story to an ending so that the status quo is uh, completely back to normal. And yeah. 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 Just going through the motions at this point, isn't he? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So four hours later, uh, and one of the Batmen has finally got the brain pattern synced and is about to press a button to activate the interface when he's stopped by Superman, who has a question that basically repeats what the Chief raised two panels earlier. Mm. Mm. Anyway, Cliff finds himself back at the doomed car race in his own previous original timeline, and he goes through with it. No accident, no robot man, he tells himself before going up in a ball of flame, which then returns him to the present, launching him up from the table, screaming. The team welcome him back and confirm that he's where and when he's supposed to be. Finally, Cliff and Rita are alone, and he asks her if she meant what she said in the past. Rita replies, I meant every word. I've been in love with you since I was eight years old, and now I want you to stay the night with me. I don't need you to do anything. Just be with me now and for the rest of my life. And the sun rises the next morning, with Rita asleep on the lounge, Cliff seated beside her, and the two of them holding hands. Mm. Uh, <laughs> bucket of vomit next to me. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just... You go. You go first. I'm. I. I've. Oh. What did you think of issue fourteen, Paul? Well, I know he's been taking the stupid pills, and it's no one in the comic. <laughs> oh <my God>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I said. On, I said online when I tweeted the picture. There are no words, and it, like, this is terrible. This is the worst comic I've ever read in my life. Wow, that is... You, you have picked up that big phone, doll those big numbers, made that big call, but I would have to agree with you. This is not good at all. I, I completely understand your excitement of the final page of issue 13 where we see the original 60s era of the Patrol. Well, it's and this then, promise of continuity reconciliation or something. Yes. You know, what's actually going on? And, you know, this story really happened in the past. But no, it's just an alternate timeline that, yep. you know, Byrne just wants to dabble with. And then he goes off and creates his own alternate timeline. So they're yep. just shitty. They're just the, crap. <laughs> the, the, the minute that Robot Man says, who the heck is Zal? I was like, oh, you bastard. You absolute bastard. <laughs> yeah. Know? It was, oh, my God. Yeah, so... It... This was the point, the comic... You know, this was a, a really unenjoyable comic, like yes. a series. You know, yes. it's not a good run. And this was... This is the low point. It's it's like, you know, it's jumping the shark completely, but into, you know, a bucket of poo or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's a big bucket. <laughs> it's so bad. You know, and... It's such a waste of John Byrne's talents. I, you know, that, that alternate future where, you know, there's like a punk Rita and she has, you know, it's horrible. It's the worst art I've ever seen from John yeah. Byrne. You know, yeah. she has DP tattooed onto her boob, you know, and <laughs> uh, she's so badly drawn and ugly. Oh, it's, yeah. oh, I don't know. It's, make it stop, Mike. And that that costume is just so wrong on so many levels. It's just, yeah. But look, I can kind of buy an alternate future where, you know, the patrol are evil and, you know, they kind of betray evil robot chief. I guess that's kind of what happened, but we'll never know because it just was over so quickly. Yeah, it's just... 
Ah, it's just a, a, another messy issue in this. And yeah, you, these these two are the low point of this volume. It's yeah, just... but, but considering how much mucking around there was in the previous issue, like there's a five-page flashback to show what happened at the finale of the previous issue in issue 13. In this one, it just zips through these alternate futures. You know, there's the one with the Doom Patrol that are evil. You know, we don't even... Yep. You know, it's like, oh, it's they're evil, and that's all you hear, and that's the end of it. You know, yep. it's like, yeah, why not, you know, explore it, put some characterization into it, make, you know, put some stakes into it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it really is just a story that is, you know, you can see where it's heading as soon as it starts. It's, you know, yeah. oh, Cliff, Cliff is going to have his car crash again, and everything will be right with the world. And, yep. yeah, oh, what a surprise. That's what happened. And everything before that was... Awful crap. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, it never happened, you know. It was all oh, a dream. Yeah. Oh, God. I wish it was a dream, but it's in my head now, so I saw <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, I, I Again, I hate being negative about anyone's work. And, and look, in the, in the, the art is better in 13 than in 14, but overall the story is... It just... Yeah, it's, it's you know, and and people people have had a go at like, oh, Pollack stuff is garbage. I'm like, Pollack is a lot more enjoyable than this stuff. You know, yeah. I will gladly read Rachel Pollack's run from start to finish again before I have to read more burn stuff. Yeah, you know, and 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 I, I there is part of me that feels bad at dissing anyone's work because it's their creative outlet and it's their output and you know it's their job. But oh, I'm sorry, this is not good stuff. I mean, yeah, it really isn't. Yeah, I mean the themes that are explored in issue thirteen are just creepy and off. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the worst. Anyway. And then fourteen is just a giant waste of time. Yeah. It never happened. Just, yeah. 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 Wow. <sighs> but um, yeah, I mean, uh, as a car crash, these are spectacular. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I genuinely cannot think of a comic that I own that is worse than issue fourteen. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's uh, God, <laughs> things we do for our fans. Honestly, well, look, <laughs> the the good news is we only have four more issues of this volume to to read through. Yeah, and, and I, um. I'm, I think I've got a plan for those, Mike, where we might just double our output to get them over in one app. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. It's double burn. No. (laughs) We'll talk. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Let's, please. God. Come back. Back through the Fire and Water Network. Come. Back with the Supermates. I said, come back. Back to... The House of Frankenstein. The Supermates present four blood-curdling films with an all-star cast. Lon Chaney Jr. I know you'll think I'm crazy, but in a half an hour the moon will rise and... I'll turn into a wolf. 
Gary Busey. I'm a little too old to be playing the Hardy Boys meet Reverend Werewolf. Christina Ricci. I'd love to have a tame one, but I wouldn't have the heart to cage him. Corey Haynes. I want you to turn this into a silver bullet. Bela Lugosi. You should be careful. A person can get killed that way. Johnny Depp. No, you must believe me. It was a horseman, a dead one. Headless. Peter Cushing. Have you heard of the cult of the undead? Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Do you know what could happen if I meet Dracula in the woods? I'll bite. Oh no, you gotta stand in line. Plus four monstrous battles with your favorite comic book heroes. I sense you're trying to resist this evil, Batman. Open your mind so I can help you. Destroy me, Jean. Booster Gold, Vampire Slayer. This September and October, come back to the Fire and Water Network and the home of horror and heroes. I believe you're in the house of Dracula right now. No, wrong address. Come back to the house of Frankenstein. Back. Back. Yes, master. Give me some Dracula. <laughs> And now it's time for the Mailbag of Doom, which is the part of the show where I feel much better that we're past those issues and we're talking about something <laughs> else. So, so today, we are uh, we're processing the responses to the question of the week, which was, in comics, where a costume identity has been assumed by multiple individuals, who was your favourite of those alternatives? So, and we're kicking it off with Comic Reflections. Nicholas, hey. And he said, I always liked the Earth 2 or imaginary stories where Dick was either an adult Robin with pants or Batman 2. Or the future Superman who was the descendant of the original and whose arch foe was Muto, Monarch of Menace. Ooh. Ooh. I've never read those. They sound better than the comic we talked about tonight. We then heard from Ange at Dr. Ange 70 on the Twitter. And also, before I get into Ange's response, Ange, uh, I received your gift in the mail. Thank you very much, sir. You are a scholar and a gent. Um, Ange sent me some comics uh, from his recent top secret project, um, and they arrived in the mail today. Thank you very much, sir. I, I might put some pictures up later. But anyway, in response to the question, Ange said, Alas, you guys have to suffer through two answers. First, The Matrix Supergirl, specifically under Peter David, was such a great long-form 50-issue arc, I have to say her. Just brilliant story of faith, self-loathing, religion, and redemption. So good. If I can't answer Supergirl because of obvious bias, I'll say the Danette Riley firebrand. Seriously, does anyone even remember the first firebrand, let alone care about him? I believe Martin Gray did, and I think it was something to do with the male firebrand's wet shirt. Oh. I remember another firebrand after that who had a really uh, 90s costume, but I think Uh-oh. it... Yeah, anyway. Right. I think it happened in the 2000s, which is really confusing. Anyway. Right. right. Uh, we heard from Moby One, and he said, The Barry Allen Flash. Always loved The Flash as a kid, and this was solidified when I started seriously collecting his tales in the early 80s and enhanced when, I, when he met his fate in heroic fashion in Crisis. Barry was my Flash, even though I loved later Wally West Flash tales. Ooh. We then yeah. heard from Doug Zavisha, our fellow Doom bro, Dougie. And he was replying to us and to Moby One. And uh, Doug said, I'm the opposite side of that coin, sir. Wally West, he's my Flash. My first comic from an actual comic shop was Crisis Number 5. Loved what Barry did, but I grew up alongside Wally. Okay. So we'll, we'll be setting up a cage match between Moby and uh, Doug. <laughs> 
Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> Two men enter, one man leaves. One leave. man leave. <laughs> uh, we heard from Ryan Daly. And, yeah, Ryan's been knocking it out of the park with his Cheers cast. Mm-hmm. It's a really good, yeah, good, yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying that because I've been so mean to Ryan lately that I just want to f- pretend to say something nice. So. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to say Hank Pym as Ant-Man because he was first, but Scott Lang has had the better career as Ant-Man. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Scott, Scott Lang, of course, has movies behind him now as well. This is true. Yeah. 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 Uh, Martin Gray, at Mark Gray on the Twitters, uh, chimed in with a Wally West, the sidekick who lived up to the exploit of his mentor, and then some. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's another one for Wally, right? Well, he's a good one, Wally. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Professor Allen at Relatively Geeky, and he said, uh, Jim Corrigan Spectre, especially the Gotham by Midnight version. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean... Most of the time of the Spectre's career was taken by him being Jim Corrigan, but they were the time where he was Hal Jordan for a bit, and um, yep. and uh, the bloke from Gotham uh, Central. So, yes. remember that? Yes. That, that, that bloke, yes. Him. <laughs> Old mate. <laughs> I can't remember the name, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, no, it doesn't. yeah. It never yeah. happened. Uh, Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. It's... Sean. That's Sean, uh, yes, he said uh, Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. I do like that one. Kate Bishop as Hawkeye is kick-ass. She's very cool. Nothing against Clinton. I just prefer Kate. Yeah, Sean Ross, never trust a man with two first names. Uh, we heard from Saul Bishop, and he said, Wally West Flash, always. One of the first comics I started collecting when I began going to comic shops regularly was Flash number one in 1987. Another vote for Wally. Cool, wow. Okay. Uh, Coffee and Comics, Clinton. He chimed in with the Eric Masterson version of Thor, the Alan Scott Green Lantern, Miguel O'Hara Spider-Man from Spider-Man 2099, and Ryan Kendall Black Condor. Wow. Well, Clinton is going for the Obscure Award there. Mm, I was a fan of Spider-Man 2099 back in the day. I thought that was cool. I have a letter in the Black Condor series. There you go. Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) Did you go to Heroes Con? Um, (laughs) We heard from Chris. Chris Carnes. He was on the last DCOCD helping me do... Doing Kingdom Come. Um, he chimed in with, uh, well, he's at BTO and Bat Books. Uh, so Batgirl to Oracle, that stands for. Um, he contributes to those shows. Uh, he said uh, the Steve Rogers Captain America and the Harry Osborn Green Goblin. Mm. Steve Rogers Captain America, that's obscure. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Uh, Matthew E at Matthew Elmsley, uh, I believe, is a new contributor to the show. Thank you for joining us, Matthew. He chimed in with several options. He said, uh, I liked Ray Palmer a lot, but Ryan Choi more. I like Ted Cord a lot. Jamie Jaime Reyes more. I think everyone likes Yasmin Cullen better than James Cullen as Kid Quantum, and I am no different. Jacques Fockhart over Lyle Norg, although some recent portrayals of Lyle were great. And I don't say that Stephanie Brown was the best Batgirl, but I read and reread that comic. Wow, that's comprehensive. I, I'm not sure who, who the last two, Jacques and, and Lyle, were. 
Um, got some words for you. Legion of Superheroes. There we go. Of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We'll uh, have to start up a new show uh, where Mike learns about the Legion or something. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> One of the many, many shows we'll be starting soon. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. And hello to our families. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we heard from Gord Tolton at RM Ranger. Hey, Gord. And he said Dick Grayson as Batman. Yeah. Yep. Happened. Happened twice. I really liked it when he was Batman and yeah. um, Damien was Robin. That was mm-hmm. uh, a yeah, good run under Morrison. That was a good series, yeah. Yep. Mm. Uh, Kevin, uh, our mate Kevin, and, and gracious host to Paul and Rifty when they were trapped over in Charlotte. Because apparently you guys went to HeroesCon. We did, Remember yes. Remember? You did? You did? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this week, Kevin's ha- Twitter handle is a cheek 12 rim tin. <laughs> Uh, uh, he said Dick Grayson is Robin As much as I like Damien and Tim and Steph And tolerated Jason ooh, None can hold a candle to Dick Ah uh, cool. yeah. yeah Fair enough mm. uh, J. David Wheater He said uh, Wally West as The Flash Wow mm. That's a Wally love tonight Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Wally That could be the name of the podcast Wally love Anyway <laughs> Yes Everyone loves a Wally <laughs> <laughs> Um, I believe we now have another new contributor, Jay Powers, at Bay Bear 24 Thanks for joining us, Jay. Uh, I hope that's his real name. I really do. <laughs> uh, Jay chimed in with going with the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott. Nice. Mr. Oh, Powers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we heard from Jack Rocha. Hey, Jack. And he's at Old Fashioned Outlaw on the Twits. And he said, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, one of many Earth Green Lanterns. Fair call. I personally am not a fan of <laughs> He's better than Hal. <laughs> well, oh, gosh. Uh, anyway, oh, look, Susan Canary, at Black Canary. <laughs> uh, because I love Grayson as Nightwing, Tim Drake is my favourite Robin. Because I love Babs as Oracle, Cassandra Kane is my favourite Batgirl. Jack Knight made Starman cool. I freaking love Jessica Cruz as Green Lantern, although Guy is a close second. Again with Guy. What the heck? <laughs> Susan, come on. Uh, and then we heard from the intolerant Leftorian, um, and that's at Thad Occhino. Um, I'm sorry if I've said that badly. But he said, look no further than, and has a picture of Guy. Guy mm. Gardner again. Mm. <laughs> of, wow. of, all, of all the Green Lanterns, you guys chose that guy. At least better than hell. Anyway. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, Jim at Canada Daredevil. I think another new contributor. Hello, Jim. Uh, replied with Jim Rhodes as Iron Man while Tony was a drunk. <laughs> was pretty great. <laughs> Poor Tony. <laughs> Yeah. But yes, yes, that was good to see. Yeah. Uh, we heard from our buddy Jonathan Dye at Changing Shades on Twitter, and he said, Ted Cord by a wide, wide margin, but I would feel bad if I didn't mention Kate Bishop, Tim Drake, Wally West, and Kyle Rayner. Can you tell I started reading DC in the 90s? Yes, we can. We can, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Everyone starts nothing somewhere. Wrong, nothing wrong at all. Nothing wrong Kate, at all. Kate Bishop, not, uh, anyway, not Marvel, <laughs> DC. And <laughs> uh, everyone tastes different. Uh, Revenge Technician chimed in with the Rebus version of Negative Man slash Woman from Grant Morrison era Doom Patrol. Yep, that's the. I did not expect anyone to come up with a Doom Patrol related one, but there we go. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Mm. 
over on Facebook, we heard from Jared Driscoll, and he said the Golden Age Flash, because Jay Garrick could really rock that hat. <laughs> yeah, a bit of J-Love. Yes, yes. And then, uh, finally, we heard from Craig Mack, who said Wally West, originally, uh, as the Flash. So, okay. More Wally Love. Wally Love. Bit yeah. of J-Love, bit of Wally Love. Yeah. Everyone loves the Flash. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Who's uh, your favourite... Holder of a costume identity. Ah, this is so tough. I should have thought about it. Um, I, I'll agree with Susan and go with Starman, Jack Knight's Starman. Um, just because that series means a lot to me. It's a really good series mm-hmm. and really well written and I very much enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, one I revisit every now and again, but not in the last two and a half years because I've been doing too many podcasts. Right, right. <laughs> what about you, Mike? What have you got? I'm going to go with Tim Drake. Um, I just think he's a, a kick-ass sidekick for Batman. Um, he, you know, he he wanted to become the next Robin. You know, he figured it out himself. He's he's super smart, um, and he's a great addition to the Bat family. And um, yeah, I may have sort of discovered him in the '90s as well. So yeah, yeah. but I I think I really liked him in um, like the animated stuff as well. So but yeah, Tim, Tim Drake's always very cool. So, nice. Yeah. Cool. Here we go. Oh, we got through it. We we done did an episode. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, think, didn't think we'd survive that one. But yes, next time on the feed, we will be back with a, another episode of DCOCD. Uh, episode sixteen, we'll be looking at the final night. Ooh, Ooh. chilling stuff. Uh, and then we will uh, have episode 129 of Waiting for Doom the week after that, where I think we'll be back uh, with the Arkudi Tang Huat stuff. Yes. Thank goodness. Good stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and do we have another question of the week for that next episode of Waiting for Doom, Paul? We certainly do, Mike. And it is, which is the best new comic character created in the last five years? Okay, cool. That's uh, that sounds like a very familiar question. I think someone asked that on Twitter recently. Maybe I don't know. I got it from someone, some genius. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll give them credit when we get to that episode next. Time. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you'd like to get in touch, you can contact us on Twitter at WFD Pod. Say hi to Wilfred while you're there. You can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com or make contact via the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. And you can get in touch with Doug and all his excellent posts on mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com. And that's us done for another episode of Waiting for Doom. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you again next time for more Waiting for Doom. Waiting for Bloody Doom.
The negative being now able to act independently of Barry. Barry. <laughs> I'll start that again. <laughs> Barry Blainer, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got a cough. <laughs>